0: The war over the word. It's clear now somebody's lying about President Trump's alleged slur. Plus, Bannon's back reports Robert Mueller has subpoenaed the ousted aide. Will he spill secrets? And is DACA now dead on arrival? This is the State of America Tonight.
1: We're ready, willing, and able to make a deal on DACA. I don't want to shut government down.
2: We've made it pretty clear we want a a clean budget deal. It's very clear, he said, if I don't get my wall, then maybe we need a good government shutdown.
1: The Democrats are the ones that aren't going to make a deal. It's an embarrassment to Congress that we can't reach an agreement. It's pretty embarrassing when you have to take your children
3: out of the room just to report the news.
4: Did President Trump use this word to describe certain countries?
5: I did not hear that word used, no sir. Steve Bannon
3: is behind closed doors with the House Intelligence Committee. Lawmakers want to question Steve Bannon about uh, what he knew about any Russian context.
0: Hello, I'm Mia Malika Henderson, live in New York, in for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America Tonight. Washington gets back to work today and in many ways back to normal. And by normal, I mean the new normal, post-Trump. Yes, I know, breaking news, but controversy now over Trump's words once again overshadowing his agenda. But today the president got another chance to answer questions about offensive remarks he allegedly made last week about immigrants. This is today's version. Take a listen.
1: Ms. President, did you say that you want more people to come in from Norway? Did you say that you wanted more people to come in from Norway? Is that true, Ms. President? I want them to come in from everywhere, everywhere. Thank you very much, everybody.
0: And on Capitol Hill, the Secretary of Homeland Security, who was at that Oval Office meeting, was grilled about what she heard.
4: Madam Secretary, you were in the room. You're under oath. Did President Trump use this word? or a substantially similar word to describe certain countries?
5: I did not hear that word used, no, sir.
4: Did he use what would be considered vulgar language referring to certain countries?
5: Uh, The president used tough language in general, as did other uh, congressmen in the room.
0: Tough language seems to be a recurring theme at this White House. Both the president and his press secretary have said similar things. And now senior Republican officials claim the president's language may have been misheard. They say some Republican lawmakers heard S-House, not S-Hole, kind of a distinction without a difference there. Uh, but in a CNN exclusive, you have Senator Dick Durbin, who has been targeted by Trump for calling out the vulgarity, saying either way, it doesn't really matter.
1: This is the defense, the defense that instead of S-hole, it was S-house. That's the best they can come up with. I mean, it really tells the story. This was a horrible moment in the history of our country and in the history of the Oval Office and the White House. And they should, I think, honor that uh, responsibility they have as public officials to tell the truth.
0: Durbin went on to say that he stands by every word he said.
1: I will tell you that the comments that he made when I was in the White House I thought were vile, they were hate-filled, and they were racial in tone. There's no question about it. You can't talk about uh, s-hole countries in Africa and why don't we get more Norwegians and Europeans in the United States without uh, the inescapable conclusion that the president is raising race as an issue for immigration.
0: And the showdown over immigration is shaping up to be the key issue for Congress as it races to avoid a a government shutdown. Both sides are refusing at this point to give an inch as the president accuses Democrats of wanting to shut down the government over DACA. And with just four days to go, one top Republican says all the finger-pointing isn't really helping.
1: The blame game is a world-class sport here in Washington, D.C. I'd rather... Do our job and to keep the government up and running and continue negotiations. So I don't think there's going to be a shutdown. I think that would be a, a big mistake.
0: Despite Senator Cornyn's hope that cooler heads will prevail, it seems that the blame game is very much in full effect.
6: I think he's worried that Democrats' unwillingness to actually put the country ahead of their party is what's stalling things from moving forward, whether it's the budget or whether it's a deal on DACA.
1: I don't want to shut government down. I think it would be a mistake if the Democrats tried to force us to vote on amnesty. But if they do, I will vote no.
0: Now, as you might have guessed, the sentiment is a little different on the other side of the aisle. Democrats say President Trump holds all the power.
4: It will be on his shoulders, his watch, his blame if there is a shutdown. Because yeah. colleagues on both sides of the aisle here have a consensus that we need to protect the dreamers against mass draconian deportation. And there is the core of a compromise.
0: And the top Senate Democrats says a deal on DACA might even help President Trump with his latest war of words.
1: So I have a challenge for Donald Trump, okay? Actions speak louder than words. You want to begin, just begin that long road back to proving you're not a racist, you're not bigoted. Support the bipartisan compromise that three Republicans and three Democrats have put on the floor. Everyone gave and get the dreamers uh, safety here in America.
0: Now to another new normal for Washington and this White House, the probe into Russia's election meddling. Stephen Bannon on Capitol Hill today, where he appeared before the House Intel Committee. Bannon's testimony was long planned before he was booted from the president's inner circle over those explosive comments in that best-selling book, Fire and Fury. But here's something that wasn't planned. A subpoena to Bannon from Bob Mueller as part of his special counsel probe. Now, this is a bit of a switch from previous interviews with people close to Trump. Those were all voluntary. Here's CNN's justice correspondent, Evan Perez, with some context.
3: What this tells us is that this is a witness that is, in some ways, a bit hostile to the investigation. And make the mistake, I think the, the, the Michael Wolf book and some of the comments that have been attributed to Stephen Bannon are going to be a big part of the conversation uh, when he goes in for his interview.
0: And Bannon isn't the only former Trump aide in the spotlight as campaign manager Corey Lewandowski and current White House communications director Hope Hicks could also be in that proverbial hot seat as early as this week. We should also note that Hicks spoke with Mueller last month. Now, for his part, Lewandowski says he's ready to put all of the speculation finally to rest.
2: I'm going to answer every quest- question truthfully. Honestly, to the best of my ability and to the best of my recollection. But because I have nothing to hide, I'm looking forward for this opportunity to help finally bring this to a close.
0: But something tells us that the end of those Russia probes, all of them may be something that Lewandowski and others shouldn't count on happening anytime soon. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham blaming the president's staff for his PR disaster, saying somebody must have given Trump some, quote, really bad advice. We've got CNN's White House reporter Caitlin Collins joining me now from the White House. Caitlin, how are Senator Graham's comments landing at this White House? Remember, Graham had been a golfing buddy of this president, and now he is very much singing a different tune on the White House.
6: Yeah, that's right, Nia, he very much is, saying he doesn't know what has happened with his relationship with the president because the last time they spoke, they were on the same page. And the president hasn't directly addressed Graham's comments just yet. He's actually just dropped in on a women's panel that is happening at the executive office building right next door here to the White House, featuring his daughter and several other of the senior women staffers in this White House. But all of that is going on as we're on day six of the fallout from the president's remark during the that immigration meeting here. at the white house that obscene remark that has been widely reported and really dominated the headline here over the last few days. And all of this is going on as Lindsey Graham made this extraordinary argument today that he doesn't think the president is being well served by his staff. Now, to give you a rundown, the federal government runs out of money here in just a matter of days on Friday. And in order to get a spending bill passed, Republicans will need some Democratic support. Democrats are threatening to withhold that support if something for immigration is not attached to this bill. And the one meeting... The closest meeting we've had to that where the president was presented with a bipartisan deal from lawmakers. The president not only made those incendiary remarks about countries in Africa, but he also ultimately rejected the deal here, Nia. So that's what's causing problems now is there's still no compromise on this. And Senator Lindsey Graham, when he spoke today after he was grilling the Department of Homeland Security secretary over what went on in that meeting, said he doesn't understand why the president has changed his tune.
3: I will say I don't think the president was well served by his staff. I think the president's uh, that we saw Tuesday is uh, that 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 Donald Trump exists, and somehow by 12 o'clock on Thursday, something happened. I do believe his staff uh, was. Uh, Would that be General Kelly? Pretty 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 much missed the mark here. Uh, I think General Kelly's a fine man, but he's also part of the staff.
6: So quite a stunning comment there from Senator Lindsey Graham, someone who's been very close to this White House going after the chief of staff, saying that he doesn't think the president has been well served as by his staff. And John Kelly is certainly part of that. But Lindsey Graham did predict that all of this will end well, and hopefully they will be able to reach a deal that not only keeps the government open, but also gives protection
0: to these dreamers. Nia. Thank you so much, Caitlin Collins. Coming up next, a Democratic senator stands by his account of the president's vulgar comments last week. As the clock keeps ticking to pass an immigration deal before a possible government shutdown, the panel will weigh in next. It's turning into he said, they said in Washington, Democratic Senator Dick Durbin is standing by his claims that President Trump used a vulgar term to reference certain African nations during an Oval Office meeting on immigration policy. The president and some of his key Senate allies deny it happened. But now a senator from the president's own party, Lindsey Graham, says Mr. Trump got bad advice from his own top staff and Graham made his own reference to that reported vulgar remark while talking to reporters. All this while they're supposed to be working together on a bipartisan immigration deal to avoid a government shutdown. Good luck with that. The panel tonight weighs in On all of this, we've got Joan Walsh, National Affairs Correspondent for The Nation, Nan Hayworth, former U.S. Representative for New York and member of the Independent Women's Forum Board of Directors. We've got Caitlin Huey-Burns, national political reporter with Real Clear Politics, and Doug High, CNN political commentator and former communications director for the Republican National Committee. You guys, very impressive roster, (laughs) a lot of titles there. Uh, I want to just go right to Graham here, who was really a fascinating figure to watch today. His press briefing uh, and also what he did on the Hill and some of the comments he's made about where we find ourselves. Here we go.
3: This has turned into a S show and we need to get back to being a great country. Dr. King said something pretty poignant about us. He said, we came on different ships. We're all in the same boat now.
0: Caitlin, where are we right now on all of this? You had Graham there, who's been a key figure in all of this, Mm -hmm. uh, calling it an S-show.
3: Right. And Graham has been a key figure for years on the immigration debate. I mean, we all covered that 2013 immigration bill that passed the Senate but didn't get it To the House. And I think that's really important here because Graham knows his line of questioning was what happened between 10 a.m. that day when the president said, I'm open to signing anything, I'll take the heat for it, to noon later where this all kind of fell apart because he knows that the president's buy in on a comprehensive deal or a bipartisan deal, I should say, as it pertains to DACA, is critical here. The the gang, the the bipartisan group working on this legislation, they also know that they're going to face opposition with Republicans. They're going to, this is going to be carried mostly by Democrats, and to have the president be able to carry some, some weight on this is significant, and that's why you had two of those Republicans come into this meeting and try to say, no, 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 this is not where we want to go. That's
0: right, and, and Nan, uh, you probably have an idea yep. of what happened uh, in that period that, that Graham is talking about, and sometimes folks on your side of the aisle think of Lindsey Graham as Lindsay Gramnesty. Well, uh, look,
2: I know what it's like to be in the midst of a lot of different battles that are, because of the close numbers in the House, and, of course, the Senate even more excruciatingly close, uh, we are going to have to compromise. The president has clearly stated, and I am sure he stands by that, that he wants to see DACA beneficiaries treated fairly and justly by this country. And he also wants to see, rightly so, Uh, that we have appropriate immigration uh, protections for not only American citizens, but for the rest of the world. Uh, So I know that the president wants to get there. I think the more we can have uh, Republicans uh, and Democrats, it would be great to see Democrats uh, step up and say, look, we're going to get this done. We're going to stop obsessing over language, whatever was said, wasn't said. That's not productive. Yeah. We're going to get this done. And Republicans have to back up the president on this.
0: Doug, one of the things that you can see Graham doing here is appealing to the president's ego, saying Obama couldn't get this done. Bush couldn't get this done. Come in here and close this deal.
4: Yeah, look, we know that Donald Trump thinks that he's the great negotiator, the great deal closer. We'll see if this is an example of where he can actually put some of this into play, because aside from the tax bill, there hasn't been anything legislatively. But I think we've also, in this, in this whole uh, scenario over the past few days, Uh, Lost sight of a really important point. We've we've talked so much about what the bad words were and how it affects immigration. Meanwhile, China is watching this and laughing. Last year, China Mm -hmm. announced an investment of $40 billion into Nigeria's economy alone. They're doing similar things in other African countries. And so what did did Trump in one sentence do? He ticked off the most populous country in Africa – other countries in Africa, every African country right. has signed a letter calling on this. And these are these are mineral and resource-rich countries that are on the front lines of terrorism. And, we and want also, them to be allies. Right, and
0: also seem to derail wherever this negotiation much bigger This is a much bigger, uh, was, was is a much bigger issue
4: than Republicans struggling with immigration yet again.
0: And, and Dick Durbin, uh, he talked about this today, essentially kind of the toxic atmosphere uh, that they're dealing with. Here he is talking about it with, with CNN's Jake Tapper.
1: Politics ain't beanbag. I expect, you know, harsh critics on both sides. It's fine. It comes with the territory. I stand by every word I said. And Senator Cotton and Senator Perdue should remember a word as gross as that in the course of a conversation with the President of the United States.
0: Joan, welcome to CNN. I this is your debut. We're glad to have you. What do you think happens now. I mean, there you have Durbin uh, talking about this environment. It seems to have really been poisoned. Can you imagine Democrats working with this president?
5: Uh, You know, Lindsey Graham himself has said that they could get the Democratic votes. They They certainly need some Republicans. But he is optimistic. This may be a feint, but he thinks it's possible to still pull a compromise bill out Uh, within this time frame. He's he's still he's still saying that we can be skeptical of that, but he's he's pointed to what it means. They're also starting to point to what Democrats gave up. Uh, Dick Durbin was not a a fan of limiting chain migration. There are a couple of other new limits. Uh, There is border security, money for the wall. Some Democrats won't like that. But Nancy Pelosi Lots of people think Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer can reel in those Democrats yeah. who may have uh, reservations about the wall. The, the real issue is the Republican Party and, the, and that, the, the revolt. House
0: conservatives. CHB put some kind of reality here. We've got, what, three, four days or so until Friday in terms of getting a deal, the government shutting down. Lindsey Graham asked, how does this end? How does it end? It's a great question, and it's really hard to see
3: this ending by the end of the week with a compromise bill on on DACA and border security and the government staying mm-hmm. open. Um, you can imagine a shorter-term spending bill. Doug knows the <laughs> yeah, truth. very well, uh, very kicking well. the can down, the, the, can road, the, can down the road. But something. this broader issue of immigration is really fascinating because it really does predate Trump in a lot of ways. Remember, uh, Republicans have felt very strongly on uh, immigration issues for a long time. These stances are very much ingrained. Um, So while there seem to be opportunities for bipartisanship here, we all know how far apart the
0: two sides have been on this issue and will continue to be. It feels like deja vu all over again. Coming up, a big move in the special counsel's Russia investigation. The New York Times reports a subpoena has been issued for Steve Bannon. Stay right there.
2: Donald Trump knows all the
1: games, he knows all the scams, he knows everything that goes down in Washington, D.C. They've tried to shake businessmen like Donald Trump down for years. The permanent political class that runs this country is one of the great dangers we face.
0: That was former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon in October. That, of course, was before his participation in an explosive tell-all book that torched his relationship with President Trump. And now The New York Times reports that special counsel Robert Mueller has issued a subpoena. We'll get back to the panel on this. Uh, Doug, never a good day when Bob Mueller uh, and now Steve Bannon is in the headlines. Not a good day for this president.
4: No, it's, it's not. And this is a continuation of everything that we've seen of the divisiveness within this White House. Forget about the Republican Party being divided. In the White House, there are camps and factions that we hear and read about. Uh, we read blind quotes where White House staffers are attacking other White House staffers. And with all the churning and turnover that we've seen of Reince leaving and Sean leaving and, and other people leaving there's still these divisions there's still these camps it affects them legislatively and obviously a lot of people are luring up and are in big legal trouble right now
0: and jones suggestions that the subpoena uh, means that he might be a hostile witness and if you read that book fire and, and fury I he did. seems to be particularly hostile particularly critical of donald trump junior uh, jared, jared kushner, kushner and paul manafort
5: yeah he basically calls that meeting uh, that June 2016 meeting with the Russians treasonous. Uh, he's he's walked some of his language back when he thought he was going to hold on to Breitbart, but now that he's lost Breitbart, he's got nothing to lose. And I really think he, it, he's a dangerous person for Republicans because you don't know what he knows, you don't know what he's willing to say.
0: Dan, what's your sense? A dangerous person? Bannon used to be BFFs with this president. Well, now, not so much and certainly willing to say a lot of negative things about. Yeah, I, folks think, in I the mean, you have to take, you know, I've been in a private
2: uh, gathering with Steve Bannon when he announced that he was a nationalist populist of the blood and soil variety. He's not really a Republican. He's not deeply related to the Republicans. Uh, so I. I think, yes. He, he, you know, Joan, you're right. I mean, Steve Bannon would be reg- will be regarded, I think, as uh, something of a roguish character, no matter what. And I don't <laughs> right. think. Right. To put it in way. Okay, mildly. yeah. So yeah, I yeah, don't. Yeah. Right. So I don't think. I think the impact he might have on the president, I think, would be limited, actually. And, and what do you think, CHB? What does Mueller want to know from Bannon? Well, this is really
3: interesting because uh, Steve Bannon was there. Um, During the campaign, obviously, during the transition and for several months in the White House. And so when you're talking about the broader uh, mandates of this probe that now extend to obstruction, for example, um, he's probably going to be asked a lot about Michael Flynn, uh, for example. So I think that's also what has a lot of people worried. And, you know, there's been a lot of pushback to this book, some of it rightfully so. But what Bannon said on the record about uh, the Trump children, about Jared Kushner, he tried to kind of walk back the comments about, about uh, Don Jr., but did not go there, right. did not walk back those
0: comments and on Jared. One of the things he said, Joan, he pointed to money laundering right. as the real purpose of this investigation. He, of course, has no necessarily reason to know that, but that's certainly his commentary but on it. But he
5: might know. He also could know it. So, you know, I think he's, he's now been purged. Um, By the Mercer family, he's persona non grata. He's got very little to lose, and he may have uh, quite a story to tell. He was there when Manafort was pushed aside. He's got to know some interesting things about Paul Manafort and his Russian dealings, why he wasn't being paid uh, to be Trump's campaign manager. He was just doing it out of the kindness of his heart.
0: Yeah, and Doug, he also said that he felt like firing Comey was one of the biggest political... Uh, mistakes of modern politics.
4: I think a lot of people felt that way, regardless of party or ideology. Right. Look, I think with, with Bannon, you, we know that when you back a rattlesnake into a corner, it strikes. And the question is whether or not that Bannon is going to strike or he sees a longer term objective to somehow get back in the president's good graces. Because we know if whatever you think about Donald Trump as a you know, dictator, benevolent or not, he is a forgiving He'd one. Do you, yeah, you know. Do you see that
0: coming? The <gasps> uh, uh, between Bannon and well, Trump.
2: I, I, the president is capable of being a gracious soul. I mean, I, I know enough people who know him well. I've met the president myself. Uh, you know, and and he is uh, pragmatic. I, you know, wouldn't it be nice yeah. if they could all Anything find a way right. to unite hands? But I will say this: Steve Bannon's actions and his words. I'm glad to have him out of there. I'm glad to have him, you know, if he's really the out of there. Yeah.
0: Thanks all of you, Joan, Nan, Caitlin, and Doug. Uh, this is day 362 of President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. Check out our podcast. You can subscribe at Apple Podcast or your favorite app. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.